Welcome to First Hamilton CRC Sermon Podcast. My name is Chris Schoon. I serve as the lead pastor here at First Hamilton. We are delighted that you are listening in. We hope and pray that this message will be an encouragement to you as you seek to know and follow Jesus Christ. Good morning, I'm Deanie. Our reading today is on page 292. It's from Deuteronomy 11. Deuteronomy 11, verse 16 to 21. Be careful, or you'll be enticed to turn away and worship other gods and bow down to them. Then the Lord's anger will burn against you, and he will shut the heavens so that it will not rain, and the ground will yield no produce. And you will soon perish from the good land the Lord has given you. Fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates so that your days and the days of your children may be in the land that the Lord swore to give your forefathers as many as the days that the heavens are above the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Deanie. It's important for us to recognize for just a moment the context in which the Israelites are hearing this word of God. They're on the tail end of a 40-year journey of walking through the wilderness between the land of slavery and the land that they're being told is a land flowing with milk and honey, a land with so much plenty they won't be able to comprehend it. And they're in this in-between stage. In fact, we need to recognize a little bit more what's going on. The people who are hearing this for the first time who are hearing Moses give these commands are younger people. You may remember that, that when God led the Israelites out of Egypt, they went into the desert and they went up to the border of Canaan and they sent out people to go explore and they came back and, and only two of the 12 people who went in to explore came back with a good report. The other ten were fearful of those in the land and, and basically said, take us back to Egypt, God. And God said, anyone who is over 20 years age will not enter the land. And so there is a whole generation of people, 20 and over, who over the last 40 years have died. So the oldest people in this community, now as they are getting ready to enter the land, are 59 years old. And they've watched their parents' generation die. And their grandparents' generation die in the desert because of disobedience. Because of a lack of faith. A God who had delivered them powerfully and now... A God who has, who has taught them, taught them obedience in the wilderness, in a place where doubts lived, in a place where they experienced the sense of God's absence, a place where they, they wondered if God would ever show up again, a place where they were so dependent on God that it was daily manna, bread from heaven, being delivered to them by God, that sustained them. And, and God bringing quail into their camp to provide them with food. God 
opening up rocks in the wilderness to give them water to drink. They learned in that wilderness space to trust God. They were brought into a space where they had to learn the basic dependency on God. And they learned it over 40 years as a community. They learned it in a hard way. But here they are. And Moses is turning the conversation with them. It's no longer a conversation about uh, if they'll get into the land or, or when. They are on the verge of entering in. And this is Moses. The book of Deuteronomy is essentially Moses' farewell speech. He's saying to the people, I've sinned and I'm not being allowed in the land, but here's what God's going to do among you. And when you get into the land that is plentiful... When you get into that space where you have more than what you have ever dared imagine, how should you live? So the people, the people who have nothing to their name, the people who are living in the desert dirt, literally, are being called to imagine a time when they will have more than they understand and imagine possible. They will be wealthy. They will be full of peace. Their enemies will be scattered. And God is giving them this word of how then shall you live in the land when things are going well. And the first word is be careful. Because when things are going well, you're going to be tempted to think that it's all about you. And you're going to be tempted to turn those blessings you have into God's. And you're going to be tempted to follow those gods in ways that I've not called you to do. In fact, your wealth and your blessing and the prosperity I'm going to give you is a temptation as well. A temptation that you'll be enticed to leave me. So be careful. But God doesn't just say, be careful now. Go take care of it yourself. I'm out of here. God actually gives three steps in this passage through Moses for the people to pay attention to as they enter into the land. Here's three things to help you stay rooted in who I am. Here's three things to help you remember that I delivered you and I took care of you. Here's three things to keep you dependent on me as you enter this land of flourishing that I'm about to give you. And those three things are still good for us today. The first one you may notice is is a personal one. It's for each person in the community, young and old alike. It says, remember the Lord your God in your heart and in your mind. And in fact, tie the commands of God in little things around your hands and on your foreheads. Now, our hearts and minds is kind of a a hard thing. How do we get things into our hearts and minds? We can read stuff, we can, we can memorize things, and those are good steps. But God's giving this practical thing, a very tangible thing. In fact, he says, put it on your hands and on your foreheads. Now, the people back then would actually take up part of the Word of God in a tiny scroll, and they would put it in a little box, and they tie it around their head. And that little box, as they stepped would bounce. So I want you just for a moment just to tap your head. This is the Word of God touching you, tapping you, reminding you constantly that you belong to the Lord your God. 
Now, we live in a tradition, this reformed tradition that we're a part of, starts off the Heidelberg Catechism, one of the main teaching tools, by saying, what's your only comfort in life and death? That I belong to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. And God's saying, you're going to need reminders that you belong to me. That you belong to me, and those reminders are not just things you have to memorize and go, yeah, 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 I know it. Those are things I want with you every step you take, so that as you take a step, you remember, you are reminded that you belong to me. And it's meant as a word of comfort for the people. It's meant as a, as a reminder to keep people from the temptations that are coming before them. I'm not going to ask us to make boxes. We're not going to do little, what were they called again, Jerry? I, do you remember that, the technical name? Jerry, Jerry studied Hebrew, and we talk Hebrew sometimes. So we, we, I can't remember the technical name for it, but those phylactery. Thank you. Jillian knows. So the phylacteries, those little phylacteries, we're not going to do phylactery Sunday next week, all right? <laughs> name tag Sunday is a stretch for most of us, so we'll stick with name tag Sunday. But, but that idea of how are we going to physically remind ourselves that we belong to God. God's giving this as a gift, not as a burden, not as a legalism, but as a gift that we might remember and believe as we enter a land of plenty that we're not owned by what we can produce. We're not owned by our bank accounts. Our security doesn't rest in how much land we have and how much uh, comfortability and safety we have in our nation. Our security rests in the fact that we belong to Jesus Christ our faithful Savior and Lord. He doesn't stop there, though. God gives another one. He's, he says, now teach your children. If you were to read all of chapter 10, 11, and 12, that whole section in there, which is, is kind of like one long segment of, of Moses' talk here, he says, now you're going to get into the land, and you need to tell your children about what you've seen me do for you about those miracles I did back in Egypt, how I rescued you from the hand of, of the Pharaoh and from Pharaoh's army, because they did not see it themselves. They didn't see it. They haven't had the firsthand deliverance that you've had. In other words, you've got an experience of me that you need to share. You can't keep it to yourself. So I want you to teach these things to your children. And it doesn't say just sit them down, tell them once, and you're good to go. It doesn't say just lead them through a Sunday school class until they make profession of faith, and then they're good to go. It says teach your children, and, and look what it adds with that. Talking about the commands of the Lord, when you sit at home, so it's not just for Sunday morning, it's not just for during the week if you send your kids to Christian schools. It, it's actually meant to get in our homes. This teaching of the Word of God is not just for Sunday morning. It's something that each of us who know Jesus Christ are called to do to pass on the faith to the next generation. We teach our children in our homes and when you walk along the road. So how many of us are going somewhere on holidays this summer? Anyone going away a little bit? Okay. 
So when you go on holidays, Michaela, do you know where you're going this summer? You're going camping. When you go camping, this is a time to learn about who God is and how great God is. That God is the creator of the heavens and the earth. That's what's happening in this text. It's even for you. It's not just for your parents. It's even for you and your brothers that you get to say, wow, look at what God has made. Look at who God is. Who God is. It even goes to our shopping. When we go shopping to pay attention and say, what is God at work doing? When you are along the road, as you go about your living and your business, when you go to fill up your gas tank in your car or to change the flat on your bike tire, when you go, remember, teach these things. Pay attention to where God is at work around you. And then it adds even more than that. It says, when you lie down and when you get up, in your rest and in your work. The old monks, all the way back to the fourth century, had this phrase. They would say, ora et labora. And it's Latin for pray and work. And it was a way of them saying, all of my life is wrapped up in God's gracious hands. And whether I am pulled into the sanctuary in prayer and meditation on God's word, or whether I am digging into the dirt and literally growing stuff in the ground and tending to sheep and cattle, all of this belongs to the Lord. And all of these spaces are opportunities for us to teach each other and the next generation especially about God's grace. Now, we're going to give a letter of call to Hayden this week. And, and we're going to officially give him that letter. And we've been praying that he officially says yes. <laughs> and we'll continue praying that. But when Hayden gets here, he's not going to do all the teaching for us. He's not going to teach all of the youth for us. He's going to teach us how to teach the youth. He's going to help us equip the children of the church and the next generation. And all of us together are responsible for this teaching of the next generation so that the faith doesn't die with any one of our generations, but that it gets passed on from generation to generation to generation. It's all of our responsibility, whether you're 95 or whether you're three or two, there's people coming after you. And we're called to pass that faith along to those who come behind us. And then it goes one more. It's not just remember that you belong to the Lord. It's not just teach your children. It goes one more step here. Write the commands of the Lord on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. You know, we live in a day and age where people say that our spirituality is a private thing. It's, it's just between me and God and that it has no place in the public sphere. But the very calling of what God gives us and the way he calls us to resist the temptations that are in the culture around us is to be a people who have a very public faith. So public, in fact, that we write the word of God on the door frames of our house and we write it at the gates to our property, that as people enter in, they see that not only the people who dwell there belong to the Lord, but the very land belongs to the Lord. That the whole earth is the Lord's. The idea here is much more of a missional calling. We could do those first two parts of this. It's about me and God. I need to 
need to keep remembering that I belong to the Lord. It's about teaching my children, and, and you can still have a very kind of insular sense of faith. It's just about us. But this one pushes us out to publicly say to the world around us, we belong to God. There is a good creator who has made the heavens and the earth and who is with us. There is a good creator who cares about things like justice and righteousness and shalom. One who cares about the weak and the struggling and those who are hurt and injured. There is a God who cares about those things and he dwells in this house because he dwells in us. Brothers and sisters, this is not the house of God. You are the house of God. And where you dwell and where you live becomes the place where God's kingdom expands and grows and is made known to the rest of the world. Joel, what's your address? 46 Roslyn Avenue South. That's where the kingdom of God is. Nella, where's your address? 7 Highland Park Drive, Dundas. That's where the kingdom of God is. Turn to your neighbor and ask them their address and their name if you don't know it already. But ask them their address. Sisters and brothers, the kingdom of God The kingdom of God is breaking in here at First Hamilton on the corner of Charlton and Hess, 181 and 195. We have two properties next to each other. And the kingdom of God is present here when we are gathered. But we are scattered most of the week as God's people into our homes. And God's kingdom and God's commands and God's way of life is to be written on our door frames and our gateposts so that our very property proclaims the good news that God has made the heavens and the earth. And though we are making a mess of it, God is at work redeeming the whole thing through his son, Jesus Christ. And through the power of the spirit, each one of us, each one of us are servants of that kingdom, not just here, not just in our hearts, Not even just for the benefit of our children, but for the benefit of the whole world. That the whole world may come to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God our Father. Let's pray. Come Lord Jesus. Come to those of us who are in the desert and who are thirsty. Who are longing to experience your kingdom's relief and grace and freedom. Come to those of us, Lord, who are, who are standing in the land of plenty and uncertain of how to live. Come to us, Holy Spirit, and show us your way of life. Fill us, Holy Spirit, that we together as a people, whether gathered here in this space or scattered across the city and indeed across the face of this earth, that your kingdom may be known through us that your good news may be evident within us and that because of us, Lord, and because of what you are doing in us, that your name may be lifted up and all people may call upon you. Christ Jesus, we pray. Amen.